This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning for what is your Monday edition as we uh, get back to uh, normal scheduling here, roll on through, combine creeping up on the horizons very soon. Uh, hope you're all enjoying it. Nice weekend, NBA All-Star Weekend. Uh, apparently a, you know, who runs a car race in the middle of a pouring rain. So, you know, there's that whole thing, whatever. Um, obviously another weekend of the XFL, which still seems to be, you know, holding steady. We're going to roll on through here, a bunch to get to Cleveland Browns wise, your host, Jeff Lloyd from Browns Maven through SI.com. Pete Smith, your local experts on the biggest stories, all things Cleveland Browns wise for your daily delivery of all things dog pound. Um, one we didn't get to uh, your Friday night, Pete, but here um, at least now we we have some communication open. Um, it'll be interesting to see the way it goes, and with a new defense and nobody experiences the captain, essentially the linebacking core to call said defense, be teacher of said defense. Um, and it's you know at least refreshing from that standpoint because at least you know somebody's at least acknowledging him and speaking to him, Pete. Uh, on a radio show, you know, Joe actually, you know, it, it, you know, there's been some talk at least between him and Andrew Barry, uh, you know, about a month or so before we start to, you know, find out where this leads, where this goes. But, you know, the essentialness of it and, you know, you're not going to find somebody and it's not that Joe does, you, you know, you, you're not going to get somebody to come in here. You know, one of those Minnesota linebackers, it's not like you're going to get Henderson to come in here or whatever, one of those guys. Um, <clears throat> essentially to, I'm sorry, Kendrick, to be your middle linebacker here for the Browns, you want some sort of at least foundation in place getting further. And as far as, you know, with the middle of the field, you know, because God knows what's going to be behind him at this point, you want something to go along with just pass rush. Oh yeah. I I don't know if it, you know, what it really means other than the fact that they've at least opened communications, which is, you know, more than the last GM was doing. So that's certainly a plus. Uh, We'll see if it goes somewhere. It didn't seem like, uh, Schobert's terribly worried about it right now. Uh, the Browns have some things to work out in the meantime, but that would certainly be something that they could hopefully knock out before free agency gets started uh, so they don't have to sort of try to do that while they're doing other things. Uh, you're, a, you need the guy. Um, you need somebody to lead these young kids. Uh, you probably need more than just these young kids, which will lead us to this one. And I just don't get it, Pete. I mean, look, if Cleveland held two first-round picks, I'm okay with it. I understand. And look, Isaiah Simmons may turn out to be one fantastic player. But, Pete, this feels way too much of Saquon Barkley at one, whatever quarterback is left at four, and this is where everybody's maybe got this misconception, and even Dane Brugler spoke on this. Um, yes, it is a deep class at the offensive tackle position, but it is also top-heavy. Just because guys have talent and they may be there in three, four, fifth round, whatever, doesn't mean they're going to make it. You've got guys, and obviously we'll have more of the numbers here in a week and a half or so, who look like they're going to be dudes. They're going to be guys that are going to fill tackle positions for an extremely long time. 
And we're getting closer and closer. And we talked about this the other night with Austin Jackson. They put up a hell of a combine, which maybe put six offensive tackles in the first round. And then there's going to be these teams drafting early, 33, 34, 35, who are going to have a knife to sit, night to sit on it and say, all right, well, who do we like best out of this? You know, it is a good offensive tackle, tackle class. Browns are at 41. As alluring as Isaiah Simmons is, there is no way it comes even close to saying, well, give me offensive tackle seven, eight, or nine. They're all the same. It's, I don't want to say it's a huge drop off, but you know, it's the gamble factor comes in more in that area. Um, I I don't like how the offensive tackle setup looks at forty one based on what I think is going to happen. I think at the very least five guys are going to go off the board, and I don't love the guy that most people think is going to be six, which is. Uh, Austin Jackson, uh, you know, I expect he will test well, and there's certain things to like about what he does, but I don't think his tape is that great. So uh, t- then you're talking about guys like Isaiah Wilson and, and some of those. Uh, I think um, that Isaiah Simmons is very good. Uh, I don't think he is, you know, a last piece of the puzzle type pick. I don't think he fundamentally changes what this team can do the way an offensive tackle would, that's good. Um, And I I don't think the conversation of trying to say, well, think of him like a safety actually changes the conversation one iota because once you get into nickel, which is almost all the time anyway, you're you're theoretically taking somebody off the field and putting another DB there. So you're basically back where you started. Um, So you theoretically can get more size on the field doing it that way. But to me, I think you're way better off having him be a linebacker and getting more athleticism on the field. I mean, that's the thing is like Derwin James, the example brought up, Derwin James is 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 great not because he goes back, but because he comes up, he becomes an extra guy in the box. Um, typically, you want to get more speed on the field, and there are ways to sort of do that. And, and you know, it sounds real good to have him be you know, like a strong safety because, oh, he's really big. But reality is I think his best ability is going to be in the box and then you, you can do some other things with him, but it doesn't do anything that's going to sort of be that much of a game changer. In, in the same way that, like, Deion Jordan, when he was coming out, uh, so much of the focus was, well, he could go out and cover slot receivers. And I'm not suggesting that Isaiah Simmons can't be a good will backer. He could be a great will backer, but so much of this focus with like a guy like Deion Jordan was focusing on all these ancillary things they were trying to do with him before they actually got to the part where whether he was good at the main job or not. And ultimately he is starting to be better now, but he's a massive bust for what he was drafted to do. And he's obviously not on the original team that took him. And that would be my only fear with Simmons. He can't come in and be good. He can't be coming and be fine. He has to come in and be great. Uh, in the same, like, he has to be at least as good as uh, Devin Bush, if not better, because, you know, for the Steelers, they were coming up specifically for him at 10. The Browns, it's what are you giving up to get him? And theoretically, it's giving up an offensive tackle. Now, maybe you find yourself in a situation where Werfs and Andrew Thomas are off the board and you don't like your options there. But in that scenario, I'd be inclined to trade back to to go get Josh Jones. Uh, But you know, that is sort of the decision they're going to have to make. I just don't think 
as good as he may be, it feels like sort of an extra as opposed to, you know, what, what this team needs to be successful. Well, and, you know, and this is some of the things we've gone here through today. Oh, well, BPA and da 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 And, okay, well, here's the thing that, um, you know, if he hasn't gone through the first nine picks, you know, apparently Cleveland is the idiots for not taking him at 10. But, you know, other teams had passed before that point. If you're Jacksonville, you know, you're running with Nick Foles and Gardner Minshew, whatever. Uh, if you're Carolina, um, you're replacing a guy like Luke Keekley. Um, so, but everybody said, you know, it's okay for Carolina to pass on him. All these other teams, it's, you know, it just seems, you know, too easy to say, oh, well, if he's there at 10, he's the best player. Well, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean it's your best fit. And we've talked about this and everybody, everybody seems okay with saying their biggest needs are offensive tackle and their biggest needs are safety. Oh, but if Isaiah Simmons is there, you got to take him. Well, and I'm not saying you just draft for the sake of need. This tackle class is that legit as of right now. This is how deep it is. This is where the bread and butter is. And, you know, we've said many a time, as much as discredit as we put towards John Dorsey, it didn't essentially always break right for him with the offensive tackle class. This year, it looks like it's going to break, not even right, probably maybe perfectly for them with the offensive tackle class. Um, Some other things on Isaiah Simmons. Well, if you can get him to do some strong safety stuff, guys, that's not helping your cause. I mean, not many teams are looking to draft, you know, a strong safety at 10. Um, and then, oh, well, there's Jamal Adams. Okay, sure. That Jamal Adams has worked out pretty damn well for the Jets. No doubt about it. Um, but that doesn't mean everybody else now is going to go chase down a strong safety as a top 10 overall pick. It's never been the case. Um, there's positional importance. And then somebody else, well, you know, what if Chase Young fell to 10? Well, that's positional importance. Chase Young fell to 10. Yeah, because guess what? You're going to destroy the quarterback almost every time they throw with what you have completely different. And that's what positional importance and go look for the Paul DePodesta essential mea culpa of what you want to do as a front office in a hierarchy and what's important to roster roster construction. It's protecting your quarterback. It's having your quarterback. It's having people who score downs and it's having the people who prevent touchdowns, pass rushers, cornerbacks, that type of thing. Go back guys. I recommend highly. Go back and look at that. Look, Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons may turn out to be a fantastic NFL player. But if you're going to ignore the tackle position for a third straight season, you're just a number one. You're doing a huge disservice to this offensive-minded head coach you just brought in. You're doing a huge disservice to Baker Mayfield. And then the other thing is, B, is Pete, is what the hell are you holding on to Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. for? Well, yeah, I mean, again, I think so much of this draft, this particular draft, is going to be about establishing who this coaching staff is and what they want to put in. And I think a big part of that's got to be uh, establishing an offensive line a certain way. You're, you hired Bill Callahan. Um, you you got to give him the, the tools. But, I mean, you're talking about guys who are being compared to, like, Chris Samuels and, and uh, Trent uh, – Williams and some of these, after all these people are freaking about, you know, the, the, the Browns should trade for Trent Williams, where there's a guy in this draft being compared to him. Um, so, again, I, I think 
the, the I think the worst thing in the world that has happened in this draft, at least as far as getting people to understand what's at stake, is the fact there are four really, really good tackles. Um, I think two are really specifically suited to play for the Browns, but there are four really good tackles. And I think if there was one or two, I think there would be much more of a clamor to go get that one or two. Uh, but the, the thing that gets lost in this is increasingly rare to get great offensive tackles at all, uh, and certainly not as many, and they're all super young, and they're all very, very uh, loaded with potential. So I think it's largely a being spoiled by choices. But to me, I think you have to get two tackles in this draft anyway, so skipping the first one doesn't make any sense to me. No, I mean that you're just shortening the playing field and you know decreasing your odds of hitting. Um, and you know, let's see where everybody feels about this once these big fellows go out and test in a week. And you know, obviously not next next weekend, weekend after. Um, more coming here. Locked on Browns. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith. Um, guys, gals, hope your Valentine's Day went well. Hope the sex was good. And if you needed it, I hope you went to BlueChew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work through twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the situation, quote-unquote, arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Whether it's the, you know, one time, or perhaps the double header, or be all the more ready to go the next morning. Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Not that there should be any. They're made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, you, we've got a special deal for all listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use the promo code MLB. Knock, knock, knock. You know, the Astros are calling. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E, chew.com. Promo code MLB to try it free. We appreciate the folks over at Blue Chew, and we thank them for their sponsorship of Locked on Browns. Pete, obviously, you know, Combine is coming here, and this is always, you know, everybody... And there's like things that go on with this. And this was one today, you know, oh, well, when uh, Isaiah Simmons runs a sub 4-4, and I don't, look, I'm not dragging Isaiah Simmons here, but this is just a prime example of it. Um, And there's one of these big things, and this is probably going to happen. Tristan Wirfs will probably be another one. Oh, my God, look at the amount of reps he did in 225. Pete, the old adage of, you know, you don't count it twice. Um, If you've done your homework to this point, you know who the fast guys are. Jalen Rager, Henry Ruggs. They're going to blaze it up. This shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Isaiah Simmons may put up one of the ins- most insane workouts you've ever seen from somebody who's going to be listed as a linebacker, but also does you know safety positional work as well. It's it, I, I love the NFL combine, but in similar to the Senior Bowl, there's stuff that goes along where you hate it because everybody in – Everybody kind of gets a little guilty of it, sure. And we do love our tweets about it, but it doesn't necessarily, you know, change anything. The don't count it twice is essentially what we're looking for here is, is this now confirmed? 
Or is it somebody who all of a sudden, oh, yeah, I remember Jeremy Langford as a prime example from Michigan State a few years ago. Jeremy Langford had okay tape, had okay production at Michigan State, put together a hell of a combine. More folks got really, really excited about him. Where the hell Jeremy Langford is right now, I don't know. But Pete, this is more about, you know, and the don't count it twice is it's about confirmation or it's about, well, wow, this dude runs sub 4-4. That never showed up on tape. Uh, yeah, so in the case of Simmons, the expectation that he's is he's, he's going to be a freak. And if he's not, then that's that really becomes the problem. It's not doesn't make him not a good player, but then you wonder if it's worth this kind of conversation. So, yeah, I mean. And just keep in mind, and for anybody keep in mind, go back and look what Bush and uh, White ran last year. Simmons may run a little bit better, but it's not like either one of those were slashers at their linebacker position. Right. So, uh, again, you have to sort of set expectations. I mean, guys doing what they're supposed to isn't supposed to do anything, but there will be a certain population of people that, that freak out over it anyway, which is fine. Uh, but uh, it's just, you know, it's the same thing with, like, the senior bowl. You have to be able to uh, properly value certain things going on. So we'll see what happens. I'm entirely focused. You know, there certainly other positions interest me, but I'm interested to see what the, those big, beautiful 300-pounders can do uh, and that type of thing because some of them look primed like they're going to put up some really, really spectacular numbers. So I'm kind of excited to see that happen. Uh, and if it does, then that's good news for the Browns. I mean, they need to address this position, and hopefully a lot of guys can do that, like Josh Jones and, and some of those, Matt Pert and you know, Austin Jackson helps himself and those type of things because they need more than one. So if they can do that, then that's going to be beneficial because they have to sort of build this thing uh, correctly. So this is sort of the opportunity for them to get it done. Um, yeah, it, it, that's what you're looking for. And, and you're looking for confirmation and, you know, uh, you, especially, you know, for everybody who's got their doubts and, you know, Makai back to, Oh, the dude's big, the dude's big, the dude's big. We're going to go watch him run around. And um, Pete knows the guy he's working with. I know the guy he's working with. Um, he's probably going to put together a hell of an effort. And if things can, and the interesting one for Beckton is going to be what the weight's going to be. Um, sure, 370 causes you some hesitation. Obviously, just for stress on joints, sure. But he is six foot seven. So it's not like if the guy was six foot four, 325, 330, but, you know, he's six seven, 370. I don't, you know, where the huge, alarm is yeah it's a big amount of number um there will be questions about you know longevity within games you know can he carry that same athleticism for 60 minutes and obviously some cases 70 minutes sure it's something you look at and you know you do have concerns about and Pete, then there is the the effort and you go back to last year's combine and it was greedy williams it was deandre baker some of these guys weren't ready the workouts weren't really good and then the other thing was, is they were kind of like pissy and pouty about it, and which comes off as a pretty poor look. Um, yeah. So uh, and this to... also here, but before before you answer this, this also might be something this year with with the prime time of it, which I hate. I, I still hate. So these guys are going in at a little bit of a disadvantage because even every trainer, and these guys may have been doing it for 10 to 15 years, it's a whole different ballgame because these guys would get up, get ready, 
go work out. Now it's, well, what do I do for breakfast? What do I do for lunch? Because it's a whole new realm of way it's being done. And there could be some setbacks here for some of these guys just because, you know, nobody usually, you know, and the way athletes are bred is usually they get their classes done, get the workouts done, get the practice done. And by, you know, eight o'clock at night, you're used to being done for the night, maybe a little homework, whatever, but you're not used to going to do the biggest athletic testing where everybody's eyes are going to be on you. And they're going to be even more now because it's in prime time. Um, there could be a chance for some more hiccups here, a lot more hiccups this year. Well, my guess is that they're going to sort of approach it like if they were a uh, basketball player. So they'll, you know, NBA guys in particular have that nap uh, in the middle of the day and all that stuff. But anyway, um, I don't think there is anything uh, that suggests anybody should do anything at 370 pounds. So I'm hoping that he comes in much lighter than that, um, like 350. Uh, I, I think that's a, that's that's the number. That has got to be the number. I, I just uh, three seventy is enormous, and this you know he doesn't. Nobody needs to be that big to do that their job. That's just stupid. I you know it's a different different than it used to be in terms of how much a guy can carry on the frame, but he's not lacking for strength or any of that stuff. So I'm hoping for his sake he can he can get it lower than that and stay lower than that. I, I don't know how true 370 was, if that was like a, you know, a bad, you know, little era of, of time for him where he got up there and really he plays more like, you know, God willing, 340. Or, or you caught it after like Thanksgiving weekend where, you know, it was, you know, <laughs> three pounds of turkey and two pies. <laughs> or if, uh, you know, he it is something that he has to battle and that he could, you know, easily go Aaron Gibson and, and and go four spins, which is certainly not what you want to see either. So uh, he's going to be fascinating to watch. I, you know, I, I love what he can be. Um, I think it's tricky for what the Browns want to do, but, you know, he's an easy guy to talk yourself into. I hope he crushes it because I hope the Giants take him. No, well, I mean, anything. I don't know, though, because, you know, that might turn out to on its surface. Could be a good move, could be a bad move, because God knows where that Giants staff is right now. Um, start going into a couple of questions here, and I always appreciate you guys for this one here. Um, I'm assuming this one here is, you know, full of on a three-day weekend, some cocktails. Baker, Odell, and next year's two to Cincy for number one overall. Who says no? God damn everybody, Pete. Like, seriously? I, I'm sorry, seriously. you know, slow motion throwing myself in front of that thing. That's awful. Um, so, Joe Burrow. I love the next year's too. Like that's the one that's supposed to spice it up. Joe Burrow is going to be a really fascinating evaluation for people because up until this year, and really including this year, he never uh, hit. Like if you go by the data that Jim Coburn uses and stuff at Jim Metrics, like Joe Burrow's career numbers still don't hit the numbers you want to take a franchise quarterback. Like, it's risky. He was fine last year, but, I mean, like, a completion percentage of 58, some 58 or 59%, reasonable touchdown-interception ratio and all that stuff. Those are all good things um, that he, you know, he had he had one of the greatest – he had arguably the greatest season ever. Like, uh, if, if he's either right there with Cam Newton or he surpassed him in terms of one college football season. Um, I understand that, that Burrow got there late, 
uh, in the process last year after transferring, and that may have hurt him in terms of like getting ready and, and for the season and, and people point to, you know, how much better he was sort of at the end of the year. And I agree he was better, um, but that's, that's a tricky thing. Whereas Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, his career was from basically start to finish multiple schools. Phenomenal. Um, so no, I have no interest in it. And, and, and I don't, I'm not sitting there saying that Joe Burrow's arm is going to be an issue in the AFC North. I'm just happy that we have Baker Mayfield's arm, and I'm going to have to think about it because it's phenomenal. Uh, so I, I'm i going to be curious how much of this is like a product of trying to make TV or if Tua gets healthier and healthier, if this is going to be a legitimate conversation. I assume it's still going to be Burrow, even though I like trolling a couple of Bengals fans about it, um, that they might fall in love with uh, the dude from Oregon. But, uh, you know, I, I, he, he's going to be – Burrow's a very, very interesting prospect. Uh, it, but in terms of, like, that prove-it stuff, you're basically saying entirely, well, this past year, he was phenomenal, and that's who he's going to be. And that's what you have to convince yourself of to make that pick. But no, hell no. I don't have any interest – I have no interest in moving on from Baker Mayfield. Uh, Odell Beckham we can talk about. I hate you for that last comment, but now we'll go with this. There's several reasons that this maybe works. Um, You look at Burrow's success with LSU this year, and obviously there were playmakers everywhere. Uh, The running back, Edwards Hilaire, obviously in this class. Thaddeus Moss, in this class. Justin Jefferson, in this class. Maybe the scary of them all, Jamar Chase, maybe would be wide receiver one if he wasn't a true sophomore going back for his junior year. Um, And you look at what and this is always the big thing is <clears throat> what are you putting? What's your plan in place? What is this young man coming into? You know, obviously Tyler Boyd, Pete and I have talked about him a ton. Really big fans, really, really good player. He's really transcended in the NFL as a true wide receiver gets it done. Um, Ross, Auden Tate. Um, and you talked to Joe Goodberry and uh, Jake Liskow who coach, uh, who host locked on bagels. They do not see any scenario where A.J. Green isn't a bangle this year. You still have Joe Mixon. So he's coming into a lot of skill, some really, really good players. So you're putting him into a really good position as far as what he has to work with. But here is also the other thing for Cincinnati. Look, he is an Ohio kid, and we've all seen many games. People ain't showing up. If you have a you draft Joe Burrow at one, and I'm not saying they're going to come flocking and the place is going to be sold out week in, week out. There's an opportunity here to double dip. You get your quarterback who you think is going to be good. And whether or not there are questions about arm strength, yes. Do I think he is quick and his precision and reading and getting from one read to the next is there? Yes. Usually sometimes that you know those things will offset you know arm strength. But you have a chance to double dip here. By drafting him, and yes, he is coming from LSU, but being an Ohio kid, you get him. Everybody's always excited about the quarterback at one. Baker Mayfield did the same thing here for Cleveland. But there's the opportunity to double dip here. Maybe you can get some more asses in the seats in that building, and which is something they desperately need. So having the plan in place, having getting you know what you think is the top quarterback in this class, and – Pete, the old Bengal move, and I'm not saying the Bengals have progressed or anything is new Cincinnati Bengal wise. The old Bengal move probably would have been to go take Tua 
And then by like, you know, late November, you know, with another injury and, you know, here are the Bengals pangling. Uh, I, uh, are we sure they aren't going to do that? <laughs> it's no, not much has changed except for the head coach who we still got no idea about because he went two and 14 out of the gate. Yeah, I, I, I don't put anything past the Bengals other than the fact that I don't expect they will trade down. Um, they'll take a quarterback. It's a question of which one. I, I mean, I think they'll take Burrow, but uh, I don't put it past them to do something weird and stupid. It is the Bengals. There is no doubt about that. Uh, we'll keep rolling on through here. Lockdown Browns, Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith uh, Apparel, lots of companies. Y'all love it. One of my favorites, uh, folks over at Zabo Apparel, S-Z-A-B-O. Um, I love Craig. love his family. They're really good people. Uh, two children uh, is currently serving in the armed forces, him a veteran himself. Um, again, it's not always just rush to print. It's well thought out. Longtime Cleveland Browns fans. It's more of appreciation of the team and the apparel they do. So if you're looking for something, at ZaboApparel.com, at ZaboApparel on Twitter, S-Z-A-B-O. Go check out the fine folks over at Zabo. Keep on rolling along here. Go through some of these questions here. And, uh, you know, some of them have been answered throughout the course of the day. Pete, and this is another one here, um, blocking tight ends. And this is always the hugest trans- uh, you know, transgression from college to the NFL. If you're looking for really good blocking tight ends, and it seems weird to say it. Randy Moss's son is one of them. Um, blocking tight ends. It's and even still, you may have looked really good in college, but the question is, is where are you coming from? You know, uh, you know, I know obviously, you know, some, you know, Troutman's one that's loved, um, and he had a nice week of the senior ball. He did, but it's still you're going against, you know, coming from Dayton. He went against one step up, and he looked really good in Mobile. But now you're going against the next step up. And this is the most difficult thing to evaluate with tight ends is whether or not they're going to be able to block on the NFL level. Uh, so Thaddeus Moss. Yeah, he's a fullback if he's anything. Um, H-back. Yeah, he's short. And it's hard to put short guys in line. So if you want to put – if you want to take Thaddeus Moss and say, which is funny because he's got the ass, but he doesn't have his father's height. He got mom's height, I guess. And, and he's not that like he's not like an enormous guy by any stretch. So, yeah, that's um, that's an issue for to me. Um, I think there's some interesting tight ends for blocking wise. Obviously, I like Troutman. Um, Jared Pinkney's a stud as a blocker. I have no idea where he's going to end up going. There's places where he sort of flirted with. And I, I just don't know if his ability is warranted. He, he, it's starting to remind me of like Richard Quinn out of, I think it was North Carolina. And that was one of Josh McDaniel's draft picks uh, when he was at the Broncos. And like this guy was supposed to be like, you know, the, he, he was taking the, like the third round, I think. And he, he, he had to have, like he had to be a generational blocking tight end because he operated offered like no skill, and all these people are like, oh man, this guy's gonna be great, and I think he like washed out almost immediately. Uh, but yeah, it's I think uh, as far as Stefanski goes, you know, I think they want guys who can do both. I think they, it, it, you know, I think 
they they will probably err on the side of blocker first if they have to, um, especially because the Browns sort of have some of the things that you know can go out there and do the space things and receiving things. But so I, I it would not surprise me in the least if they err blocking first and sort of look at it as you know getting receiving is sort of a extra uh, you know along the lines of a Darren Fells or some of those type of guys. But yeah, I think the sort of combo style tight ends are, are what they would have loved. like Foster Moreau last year would have been, you know, a guy that I think this, that this group would love um, ended up on the Raiders and he's doing pretty well. So yeah, it'd be nice to get a couple of blocking tight ends. It'd be nice if Njoku gets better in that aspect uh, and some of these guys grow into it. But yeah, Thaddeus Moss guys are way higher on him than I am. Um, I'm barely produced, barely played short, um, if his name wasn't Moss, I don't know if anyone would care. He will get drafted. It's probably a day three guy. Uh, we'll see. Um, you know, uh, I think a lot is going to come down to testing and, and it was, you know, this year there was some production. Um, but I mean, let's put it this way. If you were a skill player at LSU, everybody ate every stinking one of them here. Um, before we start to put a, you know, getting closer here to the end, um, Pete, there's a, Popular discussion, and this went on with plenty of draft guys. Between Chason, Queen, Delpit, Fulton, who is the best LSU defender coming into this draft? I'd probably say Stingley, but we're two years away. Who's the best of the four? Wait, so I, I, you gave me Chason, you gave me... Queen, Delpit, Christian Fulton. Oh, if those are my choices, I'll take Delpit. Whatever he lacks in his, uh, like first and foremost, you have to figure out what what was going on with him mentally this past year because it felt like he was a guy who didn't declare for the draft, who got to the season and really wishes he would have declared for the draft. And obviously they won the national championship, so he's not like unhappy with what happened, but it just didn't seem like he had the same, you know, effort level and just intensity that he brought in previous years. Um, his missed tackles are a question mark, but like his junior year was beyond dominant. Like he, was, a year, yeah. he was the best DB in the country by far. Uh, just an absolute stud. Um, Queen, look, uh, I get it. Why people like him, I guess he, you know, he made a couple tackles, uh, all season. You know, that's hard not to love that you, you make 31 tackles in a season and you're sitting there going, man, I got to have this guy. Um, Fulton, <laughs> it's all off. It's all off field. I, I don't, you know, there, there, this has been a thing with him that, that, like, his talent has always been regarded as being through the roof. I don't know if that's true or not, but I know a lot of people swear by it. But off field has been a major, major question mark. Chasing, same thing. He's 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 got production. It's a lot of these guys. You know, LSU is obviously phenomenal, but. You know, a lot of these prospects that are in this draft from LSU just aren't finished products, which is, you know, sort of the, the product of hype and, and success and all those things as you feel like you're ready to move on. And some of these guys just aren't. Um, so of those guys, also Delpit. Um, well, the thing with Delpit is, and and this is what you get with, and look, and with all these guys is, you know, LSU is right now there with it, with Alabama, with Ohio State, and they can do whatever they want. You're not keeping agents away from families, which are now getting down to your kids and saying, 
Oh no no top fifty top no 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 he's the he's the he's the goods he's the goods he's the goods and you know and obviously it it, it magnifies with SEC championship game obviously it magnifies with first round of the playoffs of course it magnifies even more with championship game um and the thing with Patrick Queen and you know I'm higher on him than Pete is and everybody well he wasn't even starting in the beginning of the season. Isn't that a really big question? Like, why wasn't he starting? But now all of a sudden people are like, ah, top 25, bang it, book it. It's a good thing. You know, Fulton, like you said, uh, Chase on the interesting thing there is, look, he can bend, he gets around the edge, and maybe the advantage he has is this isn't a stellar edge class, and he is just a baby. He'll be still 20 at the time of the draft. Um, I think you go with... Delpit and as the best of this group, but you know, there's questions all around. And and the one where everybody just seems to want to be anointing Patrick Queen is well, why wasn't he starting from day one this season? But now all of a sudden, we're gonna take, I guess, maybe probably what Pete SEC championship game on and say that's enough to say top 25, which seems very similar to. Greg Robinson, where somebody's trying to use Greg Robinson as a case of failure to now keep signing to re-sign a 27-year-old Greg Robinson. But it seemed very similar with Patrick Queen to Greg Robinson, where it was like everybody got really excited over a condensed, you know, 150, 200 snaps and is ignoring the overall product. Um, I mean, I get it. it, The guy I would sort of come to mind would be uh, would be Cardale. I mean, obviously, Queen played more games, but as, you know, as far as what people are really gravitating toward, that would seemingly be what what that is like. Um, you know, that last couple games. But you know, this is again why, to me, I think you you need more. You need to be able to prove it, and you just can't with him. And maybe he'll run really fast and jump really high and all those things. That's just not enough. Yeah, and it's, you know, that becomes a buyer beware type of thing. And, you know, there's just resume a little bit tad and incomplete. Again, I'm higher than Pete is. We'll see how it all plays out. Um, I usually lose these coin flip head-to-heads with Pete. We'll see how it works out again. Um, there's one thing to check out here before we start putting a close on it. Um, Pete, if I'm saying this correctly, Browns Maven is slowly transitioning to the name of Browns Digest com. Yep, that's what they tell me. And that's the way it works here. Um, we get emails, and eventually they tell us these things. Uh, Pete, XFL the weekend, NFL, Browns-wise, draft-wise. Anything Pete needs to get off? Um, I guess you know we talked about you know, the, the Michigan State moving on and then to go ahead and take a new head coach, and apparently now he's either the third or fourth highest paid head coach in the big 10 and here you go big guy here's a whole stinking slopping mess to take over good luck now uh the xfl i mean i i i just again I, i'm not knocking the league but this weekend was not nearly as good um which doesn't mean it's a bad league but but i do think you're seeing um some of the lack of talent that the aaf had or more talent the AAF had sort of rear, uh, rearing its ugly head a little bit. Um, so 
there's some really good players. I, I like Storm Norton, the offensive tackle for one of them. I think LA. Um, <laughs> athletic guy who I liked coming out of Toledo. Uh, you know, the quarterback from Houston is better than everybody else. Uh, seemingly, there's some really bad quarterback. Uh, and Cardale is fine. DC seems like they got to pick all their players before while everybody else was sort of out in the bathroom, especially Tampa. And they are uh, way, way, way better than everybody. So I think the thing with the XFL is struggling with, and the AAF had this a little bit. I think it was it Atlanta that had a team that was just god-awful. There's a couple teams that are just dreadful for uh, the, this, the XFL. Tampa's one from LA is awful. There's a couple that are just abysmal. Uh, it's, you know, I mean, look, it, it, you like it. And look, the Roughnecks look really good. Um, PJ Walker looks really good. And obviously has some receivers who work well with around him. I'm going to start putting a bow on this one here. Um, you know, like we said, obviously look for the transition from Browns Maven to Browns Digest. But obviously all the work, SI.com, click on Browns work. You're going to get Pete and his team over there. Make sure you're following the guy at underscore Pete Smith underscore show itself at locked on Browns, all lowercase follow back account. DMs are always open. Me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore, uh, underscore Lloyd DMs are open over there as well. Anything you want in the show questions you got, cause I'm doing my best here, but you know, it is the busy season. So I'm trying to do my best to accommodate everybody in that respect. Um, we'll roll on through here the week. Um, we'll start doing, you know, uh, combine positional previews, uh, we'll start doing pre, um, pre-combine mock draft one through 32. Maybe, you know, we'll do like five picks a night as we start doing the positional, uh, shows, uh, anything you want, send it on over questions. You have any ideas, you know, we're just open to anything. Uh, appreciate you guys all here. We'll start to put a bow on this one. This has been your daily delivery of all things dog pounds. LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns. <laughs>